It's great to be here again. I firstly, before just talking, just wanted to thank you as a church. If you remember, uh, last time I stood up on stage, you were praying for me as I went out to Sudan. I don't have time to tell you the stories of what God did there. If you're on my mailing list, you would have heard some stories already. And if you're not on my mailing list, why aren't you? No. Um, please sign up and then you'll be able to hear about what happened. But I just wanted to say thank you very much. As Nigel said, we've been doing a series over the last kind of few months on this subject of more, kind of pressing into the more of God, his presence, his power, and kind of just seeking to whet our appetites, um, just to hunger and desire for more and to kind of step into it because there isn't any more of God. God is all sufficient. God is all powerful. God is almighty. But There's more of who he is that we can step into, more of his reality outworking itself in our lives that we can set into. So this series has been all about kind of presence and power, encountering God, being changed, and as we are changed, bringing transformation to our communities. And today I've been asked to speak about more, and I love this phrase that Nigel asked me to speak about, which was speaking words of life. And so I was thinking about this idea of more presence, power, change, speaking words of life. I thought the obvious place to, to go to is right at the beginning of the Bible, and Genesis. And can it give us a biblical foundation to this idea of presence, power, change, and speaking words of life? So reading from Genesis 1, it says, this is right, Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening. And there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And I could, uh, I could go on, but the whole idea here is we have a situation. The Bible says that you know, the earth was kind of formless. It was without life. It was void. It was devoid of everything. And then God turns up in his presence and his power and he speaks forth when he goes, let there be light. And boom, all that we see is there. You know, that's, I mean, I could just stop there and say, let's just spend some time in, in worship and adoration. I mean, just, it just blows your mind. Like I said, I was recently in Sudan. I, I saw a friend yesterday and he goes, what's your highlight when you were in Sudan? And I said, I could have said many different things, but I said it was sleeping out in the open in the desert. And looking up to the stars, and then just focusing in on, you know, there's no um, light. What's the kind of light? Pollution. I mean, it's just light. There's nobody there in the middle of the desert. And then just looking at one of these stars, and then you suddenly realize there's little stars around it. You know, whole constellations. And I was just, I was just you know, it was like two, two to four in the morning. Um, just kind of like, just worshiping God, just looking at that. And that's going to describe it here. He spoke. And life came about. But the exciting thing about that, not only is God into presence and power and speaking words of life and bringing transformation to devoid and void things, 
He invites us in us. He invites us to join with us. You know, if you look at the story of Adam, one of the first jobs, or the first job he was given, was to name things. This is Genesis 2:19. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each creature, that was his name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. And in Genesis 3, verse 10, we're told they actually names God made a, a woman, and it's Adam who calls um, um, the lady Eve. I mean, that's just amazing. I mean, I just look at that and think, maybe it's just me. Maybe I have a vivid imagination. Maybe I'm too childlike. But I just think, wow, you've got all these animals going to come in before you. And you have the responsibility of giving them their names. I mean, I don't know what you would have called them. You know, I was just thinking about a, a line. I mean, it's a bit hard because now we kind of know the names, if that makes sense, to kind of think about what they would have been like if they were coming towards you. And you've got this big... Um, bearded kind of animal roaring at you. I don't know what I'd call it. I know what my kids would call it. I mean, they tend to just call things as they are. You've got a bear and you call it bear. Um, my, my son Abraham has, loves dogs. So he has lots of dogs and he's like, dog one, dog two, <laughs> dog three. <laughs> I don't know about you, but just that kind of, just imagine that. But right at the beginning, God gives us this opportunity to name things. However, if you know the, the story of the Bible and what God is, sin comes into the world. And once sin starts to come in, we begin to call things not the true names. And things begin to lose their name or get a different name. A really good example of this is just very much in chapter 3. And um, Adam and Eve have disobeyed God. And God kind of comes along and says, hey, what's, what's happening? I want to be in fellowship with you. And Adam says, this woman that you gave me, she was the one that gave me the fruit. Suddenly, it's no longer Eve, but it's a woman. She begins to lose her name. And we see this again and again uh, through history, where things lose the name. But again, we see through history where God says, I've come with a better plan. Part of the story of the good news, part of what we're celebrating this morning through communion is, that God wants to give us our true names. Everyone who's been unnamed by sin can be renamed by God. God is always carrying on this job of renaming. We see it. Abraham becomes Abraham. Sarah becomes Sarah. Jacob becomes Israel. Peter in, in, the, um, in the Bible gets the name Rock. The poor become rich. The weak become strong. People who are slaves become my people, my chosen ones. Saul, right, if you're going to go into the New Testament, Saul becomes Paul. And I could go on with list after list. But the God who had the first word is the God who will have the second word when it comes to who we are. If you go right to the end, I mean, doing, you can say we went through the whole Bible today. We went from Genesis. If you go to Revelation, it talks about us getting new names. Part of that story and pressing into it is pressing into what God has called us. You know, Jesus said, you know, we should pray this prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that can mean a whole load of different things. But one of the things it means is in heaven we have a new name. A name that is what we are really for. Our purpose and reality for existence. 
And God has called us into that. As followers of Jesus, we are called to rename, to call forth people's identity, to call forth their authority. You see, we're all being given names. Some good, some bad. You know, when I start talking about that, probably things maybe are coming into your head. I was quite, I'd say, quite fortunate at school. Sometimes you get your names based on where you came from. So a lot of my secondary life, I was called Columbia. I was, I was born in Colombia, so people would just call me Colombia. People would call me Colombia. I had no idea why I was called Colombia, or even a country called Colombia. You know, you see, you know, when I was in sixth form, you'd see the people coming into, I shouldn't call it sixth form now, year 13, whatever. And uh, people would be coming into year seven, and they'd go, oh, he's Colombia, and they'd call me Colombia. I mean, no idea why I was called Colombia. You know, as soon as you get names because of your, your appearance. Again, I was reasonably fortunate. I was called Palo, which is Spanish for stick. <laughs> and I didn't mind, you know, so that's thing. I was called Abuelo, which means granddad, because as far as they were concerned, my hair was so blonde, I was might as well just be a granddad. And, and I wasn't, you know, bored. But for some of us, you know, we've had different names. Sometimes it's to do with where we were, the youngest or the oldest. Sometimes we've had words spoken to us about being, you know, a failure, being stupid, being an idiot. Things that have been spoken over us, sometimes... Uh, our parents in particular have been very significant in the names that we are given. And there are kind of expectations of who they wanted us to be, even maybe in the, even gender. And these labels stick. And we see it all around the world in the environment we live in. People like to give labels, don't they? It's nice to be able to pigeonhole somebody. Sometimes they pigeonhole you because of your kind of job, but sometimes they pigeonhole you because of the way uh, you look. Sometimes they pigeonhole you in relation to what they think your sexuality is. I, know, I can't, you know, I know some friends who are kind of teachers and it used to be male, female, and now there seems to be a whole uh, a list of different names that we can have that people can get labeled. But whichever one of those labels we, we have, that's not our true label. That is not our true destiny. That should not be where we get our value from because these things change often. I'm no longer a stick-like <laughs> as I used to be. For example, we need to hear what is God saying to us. It's time to rename. Time to bring healing and restoration. It's time to speak words of life. That's what God did at the beginning. He spoke words of life that brought massive change. And we're invited into that. And there's many ways of looking at it, but one specific way I want to talk about this morning is speaking words of life that we would call in Scripture something called prophecy. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, one of the books that um, Paul wrote, he has this phrase, you know, he says, desire, eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially the gift of prophecy. And a bit later on, he defines the word of prophecy, a word from God that strengthens, encourages, and comforts. Who needs a word that strengthens, encourages, and comforts? I don't know, I do, I <laughs> Well, you're in the right place. 
because God's gonna, God is, God is doing that, and God is gonna do that. Even as I speak right now, multitask, please, and just begin to ask God, God, I need a, I need a word. Wherever stage you are in your life, we need words that bring, that strengthen us, that encourage us, that comfort us. And God is here to speak that. And so let's say, God, what is it that you want to say to me today? What is the new name you want to speak over us? And to eagerly desire that and eagerly to be an instrument to give that to people. Because God can speak right into our lives. But he likes to do stuff with us. He's like a good dad. You know, I like doing stuff by myself, but it's sometimes a great joy. You know, I was just doing some Lego with my son Abraham yesterday. And I just um, put him to bed and I sometimes fiddle. And so there's a little bit of Lego on the floor and I just turned it into a plane. For him, it's always a fighter plane. And uh, he just went, Dad, that's really amazing. It's just like six bricks lumped together. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. And, um, but I just love it. He goes, when are you going to be able to just play some Lego of us again? And I was thinking, well, is it this easy? I'll be very soon. But our Father loves to do things with us. And so he invites us to begin to do that naming basis, to begin to speak words of life, to begin to prophesy into people. To kind of give you maybe a few uh, other definitions there, just to kind of go through them. Another way of looking at prophecy is to strengthen, encourage, comfort. Another one will be saying over a person what God the Father says about them. I just love this phrase. If God the Father was here, the perfect Father, what would he say over you? You know, I said that so often we get our names, particularly from what either our friends, but particularly what sometimes our parents have spoken over us. What is the Heavenly Father saying about you? He knows you better than anybody else. He made you. What is he saying about you? And I love that, that idea. Chris Ballatin says, in the simplest form, it's merely hear, hearing from the Holy Spirit and repeating what he says. What is he saying? And lastly, Kevin Dedman, the purpose of the prophetic is to expose a person to a true identity and destiny. Showing her that there's far more than what she is currently experiencing. Prophecy calls her into the prophetic potential that God has designed for her life, showing that God has planned something better. To put it maybe in another word is, each one of us was created for a reason and a purpose. And what we do in prophecy is we just say, God, tell me why I am alive. Why am I here on this earth? It's more than my, my job. It's more than my 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 title is more than, you know, when you fill in those forms where they kind of say, you know, are you married, are you single, are you, you know, are you retired, you're a divorcee, you know, just you get all these little labels. Yeah, it's more than that. That's, why, that's not why we're here. That's a label, that's a box. In the prophetic, we hear what God is saying that we are for. And that's what we need to hear. And that's what we need to speak out, because it brings transformation. What does it look like? I will share a few more personal examples 
in a minute, but again, just reading it in Scripture, there's a great story in Ezekiel 37. And it's a story uh, where Ezekiel is a prophet in the Old Testament, and God shows him a valley full of dry bones. And, and God says, you know, what, what, do you, what do you see? And Ezekiel says, you know, I see some, a valley of dry bones. It's like a comprehension lesson. And then God says, I want you to speak into those bones. I want you to declare life. God could have quite easily done it himself, but he invites us. And as Ezekiel just speaks, the breath of God enters. And these bones kind of come together and they become a mighty army. And all around us, we come across dry bones. Maybe it's even ourselves. Maybe as you are here this morning, you just feel dry and weary and broken. You do not feel like a mighty man or woman of God. But God wants to come and speak into us and to release life. And he uses us to do it. And so we're going to step into that. It's going to be very practical uh, today. And I just want to give you some principles to start you off. I want to kind of give you the biblical foundation. But I also really wanted to say, let's just do it. Let's not just talk about this today. So just some basic, some practical things. So these are just some things to kind of get, get you going. Then we're going to do an activation session. As a follower, if you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, I can guarantee that you can hear God's voice. Because at some point in your life, you said, Jesus, I hear you calling me to follow you, and I want to follow you. So if you heard Jesus once, there's no reason why you can't hear him again. Maybe you're here and you're just uh, a guest, and some of this kind of what I'm talking about seems a bit strange to you. But you know what? God loves to talk, and I'd encourage you, even in this place, just to say, God, what are you saying to me? Whether you were dragged here or you kind of came here by, by choice, God's got something he wants to say to you, firstly. Secondly, I'll put out that. kind of be still uh, and listen. Kind of learning to, kind of to tune in. You know, I was just trying, I was, I was driving down yesterday, I was going a bit... Um, board of Radio 1 and Radio 5. I've had a long two and a half hour drive. And so I thought I need to practice my Spanish. Let's see if I can try to find a Spanish speaking channel. You know, I was focused on the road, but I was still tuning in. And then, you know, you're kind of just making your way through the, the, the channels and you start hearing something. I think, I think that might be Spanish. Uh, let me just move on because everything in Spanish was, in, was a football match and, um, at that time of day. And I had to just tune in. To hear that. And one of the things we need to learn if we want to grow in this area, and I'd encourage us, it's an area that we need to grow in because all around us there are dry bones, is learning just to still ourselves. Maybe if you find that particularly hard, I don't have time to go through a whole load of different exercises, I would highly recommend what my, my mother-in-law does, which is this quiet day, because it helps to still you and quieten you, to hear God's voice. But we need to learn and create those spaces and those times just to be quiet. I remember when I, I in the, many years ago, when I was a student, I used to work in factories in the summer, a wood factory and then a pork pie factory. And, uh, and I suddenly just wanted to hear God's voice. And you've got all the machinery, bang, 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 going all around you. So I used to just go to the toilet. 
and um, every art seemed to do, stay longer than what I thought was necessary, so I thought, why not me? And, uh, and so I'd, I'd just take that time, you know, I'd go to the toilet and I'd just st- spend a, maybe just a couple more minutes in the cubicle, just stilling my heart. And wherever it is for you, we need to create those cubicle moments where we just still our hearts and hear God's voice. The other thing that really affects listening, and again, I don't have time to really unpack it, but the Bible says that when we have sin in our lives, the language it uses, not having clean hands and a pure heart, then that often makes it harder to hear God because there's something that's between us and God. He wants to talk with us, but also he's a holy God. He's a pure God. So we need to listen to God, tune into God, and then start where you can. And uh, and I say, great place is encouragement. People often say to me, I don't know if I hear God, and and where do I start? And I often say, if if nothing else, start with a word of encouragement. Because the worst you do is give a word of encouragement. And I don't know about you, and again, I could do a show of hands, it's not a show of hands service, but I, I can do with encouragement. You know, encouragement does strengthen me. Encouragement does encourage me, not funny enough. And encouragement comforts so I think some people get caught up. Am I hearing God? Is this God? And I, and I just go, just start with encouragement. Because we need encouragement. And then see what happens from that. Some of those things happen. I remember a number of years ago, I was in um, Egypt. And uh, part of my background is I, I teach on teams and leadership. So I was doing some training for an Egyptian company. And I was saying, if you want to have a good team, um, You've got to have trust. You've got to have, uh, you know, respect for each other. And a great way of building up a team is just to have a session of encouraging each other. And I said, you know, it's really easy to do. See, I can encourage you and I don't even know you. And so I wasn't using the language of kind of prophetic and things like that, partly because, uh, I was going to say that's haram, what's the English word for that? That's forbidden in Islam. So to say to somebody, I've got a word from God for you, is, it's like, yeah, it's a dangerous thing to do. So it doesn't really matter if you use the words or not. And so I just said, you know, you at the back, you know, I said, it's really easy to encourage you because I just see, you just seem to have such a great gifting for this. And I just kind of went on and I just chose two or three people. And you could see they were visibly uh, moved. And they, they, um, at the end of it, I had two or three other people come up to me and went, can you do to me what you did to them? <laughs> and I was like, in church, I call it prophetic. Let's just call it encouragement. And, uh, you know, I said, if I can do that, how easy it is for you to do it? And I don't even know you guys. To start where you are with encouragement. Sometimes things do happen. Sometimes maybe the best to do is encouragement. We had a, we've been having a painter recently, and I thought, partly because I was speaking on this, I was thinking, who am I going to meet you I don't normally see? And let's just go for it, because it's going to be finished on Thursday. <laughs> so let's just enjoy this. And uh, so I thought, God, I want to give him. I want to give him something. And so just, I was just applying this encouragement. And, uh, and this is all I said to him. I went, you know, maybe it was a perfect word. Maybe it was just encouragement. I don't really mind in some ways. Uh, you know, so I just said to him, I saw, the, I saw a painter, a Polish guy, and I, I said, I said, you've got a job very similar to God. And uh, he said, what do you mean? I said, whenever God c- comes into a situation, he leaves it better and more beautiful. And I said, that's what you do as a painter. I said, you come into a house and you kind of smooth down the wood and then you paint it, and it looks way better than it did before you turned up. I says, you do your job like God. That's amazing. That's such a gift and a talent. And he was like, never thought of, like it, thought of that like that. And um, 
So was that prophetic? Was that encouragement? I don't know. But I left him in a better place. And I spoke life into him. What does that mean for us? Right, we're going to do some activation, which means we're going to put it into practice. But some of you is like, ah! But some of you is like, this is fine. Let's just, let's just enjoy it. I'm not going to flick on yet. What I want you to do, though, is firstly, listen for yourself. This doesn't take long. God doesn't take ages to speak. So the first question I want to ask you is, just before God, if you want to close your eyes, if that helps, ask God, why were you created? For what purpose were you created? say like amen or something to get you back get you back uh and hopefully he's spoken to you now i want you to do is because i want you to speak life into you so i just want you to kind of break maybe in twos um freeze whatever is easier i'm going to get you to do the same thing so think about who you're going to do this for and um i want to ask you i want you to ask god why was this person created why was this person created and it doesn't have to be something complex. I did this recently when I was away, and the person said, said, turned to me and he went, you were created for joy, for laughter. And I went, yeah, tell my kids that. <laughs> they're not so convinced when I crack my jokes. So just turn to each other, however it works. Yeah. Uh, and just turn to you. If for some reason, you know, you're here and you, you think like, you know, this is not for me. Again, just maybe just sit in the start silence. So if you want to, just sit in the silence and just allow God just to speak to you uh, and meet you, okay? So if you want to just kind of grow in this area, just turn and just try that. But if you want to be by yourself, that's fine, okay? No, no, it's fine. I kind of... Again, I'm not going to give you a, lot, uh, a long time. In a minute, I'm going to say swap, because you're going to tell the other person. So just take uh, literally 30 seconds to listen to God. If you haven't done so already, can I swap? So hopefully somebody said, I feel like God might be saying this.
I'm going to just draw. It's, it's, it's always dangerous when you can uh, unleash people just to break down into small groups. Did anybody get anything that was encouraging to them? Well, I front row got encouraged. <laughs> anybody else get encouraged? You only need a very little bit. You only need a little. God speaks very quickly. It, uh, I'm just going to draw your attention. We might do one more. Anybody want to do some more? Yeah. Are we doing a series on more? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Work the crowd. But, uh, let me just turn you for a second, just to kind of give you some basic principles. Even as you're sharing, maybe when you hear God speak, you don't have to understand everything that's been spoken to you. Because sometimes you don't always understand it. So sometimes I think in my head, I got something in my head, I will just share it. As long as that encourages, builds up, and comforts, I will share it. And hopefully, before I say it, if it doesn't mean anything to me, I might just say to God, God, what does this mean? But sometimes you don't know, sometimes you just share it with a person and you say, does this mean anything to you? To give you an example, um, some of us were at a camp and I borrowed their, their ideas and this activation from them. And Nicole um, was over there. This person. She was with, just turned to her, and I said, I just I haven't got anything from God. You know, I'm trying to listen to God, and I can't hear anything. All I get is just a blank sheet. I just get white. And if you don't know, Nicole's surname is White. And uh, Nicole goes, actually, that means quite a lot to me, because that's my name. It's just reminding me that he knows who I am. But the person at that time was like, I don't know what that is. But I would just share it, and hopefully it might mean something to the to the person. I'm just going to do one more. There's various things you can do uh, just to give you different things you might want to do. The ones that we're not going to do. Sometimes I just ask God for a song. Particularly if you're very musical, it's a great way to listen to God. Just say, God, what song do you want to speak or declare over that person? Uh, Another one is a very simple one, which is a great one. This is probably where I started. Just asking God for a verse. God, give me a verse from the Bible that I can just share with that person. Lastly, maybe the most crazy one, but let's just go for it. Uh, And this is something I learned from some guys in the States. If I'm ever in a situation and somebody says, you know, I want to speak something that would encourage them, build them up, and I'm not sure where to go. I just ask God, you know, tell me an animal that kind of represents them. So we're going to go for that one. I mean, what's the worst thing? I remember somebody once, I was there with a lady, and, um, and I thought God say skunk. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. And I was thinking, oh. And um, so I just said, I feel like God, that's when I really prayed, I feel like God's saying that you're like a skunk, that wherever you go, you leave an impact. <laughs> and... Uh, and I knew this a little bit about skunks yourself, that you are just really defensive of your children. If anybody tries to touch or harm your children, you, you can like, fight tooth and nail for them. So why don't we just do that? You know, and again, just ask God for an animal. Just, so, I mean, that's the worst you can get, a skunk. <laughs> so why don't you just, again, maybe in the twosie word, and ask God, God, what animal represents this person? Again, we don't need, need long...
and as maybe you get the animal, ask God why they maybe God gave you that that animal. This is when phones come in really useful because often I have a word and I think, what is the animal? What and then you just look it up and what's some of their characteristics. When you go to whatever is your community tomorrow, maybe it's people at the school gate, maybe it's the, the, the doll, maybe it's to a factory, your workplace, and people say, what did you do yesterday? You can say, hey, we just spent some time in church asking God what animal we were. <laughs> they all think we were in the most interesting, fascinating church they ever heard of. But, um... right, I'm just going to draw your... Try to draw your attention back again. Again, hopefully you find that useful. And I don't really mind, it doesn't really matter what you use. I'm just showing a little bit from my life. But the bottom line is God is calling us to speak words of life into people. Some people just seem to be very naturally gifted um, at doing this. But these are some things that I, as a way of just trying to push myself and help me grow. These are some of the things I have in, in my head when I'm in that kind of situation. So hopefully you found that useful. If not, go on your knees and ask God to speak to you in a new and and different way. But just to kind of quickly just finish off, because time is rushing. Kind of what next? What next? Now, we talked about more. For some of you, even what we did today would be more. You've never done that before. We're going to get an opportunity right at the end because I know we don't have much time. But at the end, anybody who wants to get a word from God can come to the front. And anybody who wants to grow in this area, I also want you to come to the front. So if you want to get a word from God, God's here and he's going to speak. Words of encouragement, words that strengthen, words that comfort. And then if you want to do it, the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. So you can put yourself in whatever category you want. But as we're going to want to press into this more, the first thing is is just practice. I don't have time. I've got some crazy stories, but it's like anything. Just practice. Put yourself in that situation and practice. I'm just trying at the moment that whenever I come to the front or in a life group and I'm praying for somebody, for whatever reason, they're getting prayer. So they might come forward because, like last week, we did some stuff on healing. So they might come forward because they have a problem with the ear or the leg or whatever. I'm going to pray for that, but I'm also going to say, God, I want to give them more than what they came for. God, I want to just, you know, so some of you being at the front, I would just say, hey, I'm just trying to grow in this area. So I just want to practice. you mind if I practice on you? And that kind of links into the second one, which is take more risks. I love this quote um, from the film, we, we bought a zoo. All you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. And I promise you something great will come out of it. And if we want to be a church that does more and sees more, then we've just got to do more risky, crazy things. And sometimes it's just that 20 seconds. I don't know about you. You meet someone and you think, shall I say this to them? Shall I even, you know, it's funny, even like a simple word of encouragement. Sometimes we have to psych ourselves up for it. Am I the only one? Um, and, and so it's like, you're going to go, shall I, shall I not? And just kind of just go for it. I think that's why encouragement is so easy because it's an easy step in. Lastly, because I, I just think just it's important in relation to this context. You've been receiving words. Hopefully when you come to the front, you get some words from God to tell you what to do with that. 
I think it would be it wouldn't be good pastorally not to kind of show you what to do next. And so very simply, again, I don't have time to expand it, but just this idea, because God has given us a word, is not a guarantee that that will become a reality. A word from God is like a, a prophecy as an invitation to work with God to see that become a reality. People often say to me, God said this, God said that. I haven't seen that outworked in our lives. Sometimes it's just an aspect of time, but sometimes there's something that is involved in our part to work with that. And to keep coming back to those words. Keep reminding yourself of those words. So just to conclude, because I know I've rushed through stuff. As a church, we want to press into more. We want, as part of that, to be individuals and a congregation that speaks words of life into people. Each one of us needs that here. I guarantee, every, if not every one of us, at some point, we need strengthening, we need encouragement, we need comfort. And certainly in the world around us, there are people who are crying out. They do not know why they're here on this earth. They do not know what their purpose and meaning is in life. And we've been given the awesome responsibility and opportunity to hear God and say, God, you know why. Let me be the instrument that speaks that into them. I don't know if Nigel's got any other ideas, but I just wanted to... Right, so we're just going to do kind of similar format to last week. We're going to get some sh- chairs. We're just going to put them out the front. Uh, and firstly, so it doesn't feel so nerve-wracking, if you want to um, grow in this, I'd encourage you just to come and stand behind uh, these seats. Maybe um, you've done this quite a lot and you've and you got quite a good track record. This is a safe place to just practice. And so I'd encourage you to kind of come and stand behind these seats. And if you want to get a word from God, come and grab these seats. So let's...